Friday Lunchtime Lectures at the Open Data Institute. Hi everyone, this is Annalisa from uh, the Open, Open Data Institute. Um, I'm, working, I'm working in the business development team. Um, today, uh, we will hear from Bill Roberts and uh, uh, Darren Barnes from Zviral, um, a company specializing in software for government organizations to publish the data. And today we will be presenting on the Connected Open Government Statistics Project. Uh, before handing over to uh, Darren, um, I would like to remind you that we are uh, recording this session and that we encourage, encourage you to ask questions via the um, chat function. Um, I would like to ask you now to please uh, mute yourself and um, turn off your video and I will, we will give you the opportunity to ask your question uh, at the end of the presentation. Uh, at that point, we will, we will ask you to unmute yourself if you want and read your question. Otherwise, uh, I will do it for you. Um, I would like to thank again um, Bill and Darren for uh, joining us today. And we hope that you will enjoy this session. Uh, thanks very much for the introduction uh, and, and welcome everybody. Um, I hope you're staying safe in this most bizarre time that, that we're living in at the moment. Uh, just to add that um, I'm, I'm actually working for the Office for National Statistics. Um, and so Bill is our partner in Swirl, who uh, we're working with on this particular project. But, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks to the ODI for letting us in and having this slot over uh, over this thing. I mean, and talk about our our brilliant project. Um, we don't have any slides to present or any videos or anything like that. So we thought that um, uh, we thought that you'd much prefer to see my handsome mug and listen to me talk while we go through this. So uh, hopefully you'll get something from it. But as, as was mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, our COGS project, and that is the Connected Open Government Statistics Project uh, that we've been working on for some time now. We're pretty well established in terms of the work that we're doing, and it's a subject that Bill and I are very passionate about. It's not just a, a piece of work for us. It's something that we really truly believe in, in what we need for the data on the web and, and how we actually organize uh, government statistics to be that valuable tool that we can have. And so, you know, I, I work in the ONS, as I've mentioned. It's an organization that produces, you know, something in the, in the realms of half of the statistics that are produced right across government. And it's valuable data that provides, you know, valuable evidence and insights for all sorts of different reasons to help our economy, our society. Uh, you know, and we do a great job, actually, you know, in, in, in opening up many of the statistics that we produce uh, that are obviously are safe and appropriate to do so. And also keeping that flow of data coming to you day after day after day after day is not just something that we release and just put up and leave uh, uh, leave out a date. So, you know, we, we, do a, we do a great job in doing that. But I think, you know, we can do better. And this is you know, particularly why projects like COGS are important to us. I've worked in uh, in the ONS for over 30 years now. I know I don't look like that, but I have. Uh, and I'm really still proud of the fact that we produced half the statistics is, is actually a problem. I mean, we've the there's many other departments in, in central government that have many other data releases. And that means there's a huge amount uh, that we have out online uh, and I'm not even sure what the percentage that drops down to in terms of when we add data that the NHS and other sort of bodies hold uh, in their systems too. So we have this huge body of data and our landscape, um, which is so much value, is just disparate and wielding. And that's really what COGS is about and what we're trying to do to help support a better way of doing it. 
So what's the problem? I mean, we need we need to change the paradigm from having all these these data assets disparately spread across um, across the web, and we need to sort out and have them properly structured and managed, not as those file attachments in whether it be ODS, CSV, or Excel actually is well-organized data on the web and trying to introduce better standards for those data on the web too so that we can we can make tools like Google and Bing and other search engines work with that data more effectively, uh, that we can build the applications, we can build data visualizations, we can just do better analysis and gain better insights from all this information when it's joined and connected. So, you know, we have thousands and thousands of spreadsheets produced by all these different departments right across central government every year. And that number is just growing and growing and growing. And unfortunately, you know, they're distributed across different websites, uh, through different portals, through different data visualizations, through different means and different online channels, I guess. And it's the inconsistency of those formats, uh, a lack of being able to understand where that data is coming from, um, lack of standards is generally applied across the piece. And that means we have limited interoperability of all that, all those statistics and data that we have and that's the that's the problem that is the thing that we need to solve uh, we've done much uh, we've done lots and lots of different user research over the last two years and this has been validated by by other organizations have also done um, uh, user research on the data we have in place but all that stuff points to the same thing it's a, it's a level of confusion and a level of uh, frustration for our users where do I go and get the numbers? I don't particularly care who produces them. I just need to get to them. Which of the numbers are the right ones for the task I'm doing? How do I find out about um, find out more about these numbers? What do they mean? Where have they come from? How have they been collected? You know, why is it so much hard work for us to be able to work with these open statistical uh, statistics that we're uh, that we've got free of charge and are available to us? So they're the kind of frustrations we're hearing from users all the time. But that isn't the problem having a, a heavily federated system. You know, the web is a federated system, and that kind of seems to manage on a much larger scale, right? Uh, but it's the actual processes, our annual process, uh, these analog, sorry, the analog processes that we have in this digital arena that are really causing the biggest problem. So the challenge for us, you know, we want to make uh, these wide-ranging, high-quality sets of statistics more widely available for supporting better decision-making, really, uh, in government, but also businesses and, and individuals. Uh, published stats go through carefully designed processes to ensure quality and trustworthiness. So while our stats are only one kind of important government data, they can be especially valuable. So how do we get departments to create data that is web-ready uh, and not just um, um, you know, presentationally ready for, for a few human beings to read, really, without expecting them to have to re-engineer their entire IT infrastructures? How do we get that culture change? How do we break down organizational boundaries uh, to connect this data together so we can really have the levers uh, for making better decisions, making better insights, and actually connecting this raft of really valuable data that we have? So we want Cox to show that there's a better way, a better place for our data on the web, a place our data can thrive, a place that essentially gives us better access and delivers the insights to support all the things we need to do. You know, in this crazy time of COVID-19 and the analysis that we could have done and could have done more efficiently and effectively if we had much more structured data is... You know, it's, it's a good example of why we need to change. So we need to re-plow our, our statistical fields. Uh, we need to organize and produce uh, our statistics into 
something that's efficient and effective for people to use right across the piece, no matter where it's actually produced or sourced from. We need to enable ourselves to grow new areas so we can feel and satisfy our data community more effectively too. This doesn't happen by building another website. I mean, we've got plenty of government websites out there, and that's one of the problems that we do actually face uh, because we just try and build a better user experience and crowbar the data, the most important ingredient of all this, uh, into those sites. And it just doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't, doesn't fly anymore. We need better ways of our data working on the web, working through the internet, working through applications and web services. But we can't just flick a switch. I mean, it, that isn't going to make it work. Our current ecosystem is beset with various problems, uh, legacy systems, uh, the fact that we've just built impenetrable spreadsheets over, over decades now, it seems. Uh, the numerous data silos don't help. Uh, the lack of standardization, metadata inconsistencies, or in fact, even a, a, just a lack of metadata generally that describes the things that we have and allows people to interpret the statistics that we're producing. There's also a lack of tooling, lack of skills, and a lack of investment generally about bringing this together. And that's what really Kongs is trying to address uh, by building some of these heavy lifting tools, the heavy lifting equipment that can support these departments in a way that moves us in the right directions. But being a catalyst for the change that needed upstream and not just relies on this, this another set of cogs, pardon the pun, that sort of manage the machinery that we have to produce standardized, uh, well-organized linked structural data uh, on the web. We need to mature as a data community. We need to mature as a, as, a, as a data producers, really, right across government. And that's going to take work. That's going to take a long time to introduce some of those changes. So, um, before I hand over to Bill, really, you know, the one thing that COGS does, the mantra that we have is about you know, pioneering a better way of doing uh, and producing and uh, distributing the data that we have, supporting users in their needs. What is it they need our statistics for? Not just, you know, can we produce uh, statistical spreadsheets from surveys, but actually what do they want to do? What is the task that drives them to want to need our statistics so that we can try to uh, understand better? What are, the, what are the services? What are the products? What are the data needs? How can we build a better ecosystem for them to support them uh, going into the future? Uh, you know, connecting this data across those different boundaries, breaking those silos, uh, trying to create relationships and bridges between different data sets that seemingly seem like the same thing on the outside when we actually just read what the titles of these spreadsheets are. We have to have better ways of doing that. So that also includes supporting you know, better metadata frameworks so we can provide the interpretation, we can provide better descriptions, we can show what data is comparable with other data sources too to help people produce, uh, sorry, to choose the right data that they need. We're also building robust tooling and developing best practices for our data on the web and not just data that is a file attachment, but actually how can we get it to work so that Google can interact with it more, more, more effectively and provide the information that people need. We want to build an integrated data platform specifically for our statistics, and hopefully that can expand into other areas of government data as we go forward. Uh, that supports the ability to discover that data, you know, no matter who produces it, right? People just want the data, so get me to it quickly. Increase the ability to use that data more effectively, so offering consistent and standard formats and better data models and better data structures to really help uh, support that. And improve the ability to work with that data so that we can 
plug it into the tools of choice that we want and be able to analyze that information more effectively and more quickly and join that data to, to improve and make that analysis more robust. But more importantly, creating the levers we need to work with the data more effectively in the future. Uh, it's about remaining relevant as we go forward and not just continuing to do what we do. Our statistics are, are very valuable and we need to make sure that we're levering all the value that we can uh, out of those statistics as we go forward. So it's a better world, it's a new world, it's a brave world that we want to take uh, the, the government statistical service into over the next few years. Uh, and we're already well established in, in doing that. Uh, so that's kind of my piece. That's really supporting what we want to try and achieve with this uh, this particular project and the reasons why we want to do it. And I could talk for hours on this particular subject. So, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pass the uh, the mantle over to Bill, uh, who's going to talk about um, you know how the the work with Swirl is going and what we're trying to do to achieve some of those things. So uh, over to you, Bill. Yeah, thanks very much, Darren. Um, so, yes, I'm uh, Bill Roberts from Swirl. Uh, we're working alongside Darren and his team at ONS to, to on the COGS project, and our part is is about producing um, software tools for processing data and for disseminating data. But that all fits quite closely together with the the people that are working on liaising with government departments to find out what are the priority data sets for sharing and doing the work of, of preparing that data. And yeah, so we've been, the point of COGS, I guess, is to try and make um, statistics relevant for a, a digital age, a, a web age, where the only place that people go to for information is on the web. How can we change the way that, that things are done to make that work better? So I'll say just a few things without getting into any technical detail about what we're, we're actually doing to try and support that. And as Darren was saying that, you know, all the discussions about this come back to how do you find data, how do you understand it, and, and how do you use it? And that's that's always been the case, but the, the details of how people are, are trying to achieve those steps in that data exploitation process is changing now. And so the you know the age of of a, a statistical publication with some documentation and, and supporting tables, it's it's part of the picture, but it's but it's not enough. So the things that we want to um, to act on, I guess, is that the world's becoming more automated. Um, data science is becoming a growing uh, discipline, and data scientists need some good data to do their science on. And data is getting finer grained, and people want access to it more quickly. And we want search engines to to index inside government data sets rather than just at the level of a, a publication or a, or a or an entire data set. So you can ask Alexa, "What's the population of Wales?" and you'll get the right answer, and that should be supported by government statistics. So those are the kind of objectives that we want to work towards, and that means that we're going to have to do some kind of things differently. A lot of it is about you supporting the web where things have URLs and you have links from one thing to another because the way that people find data now is maybe you go to a trusted source, whether that's ONS or BBC or, or whoever else you might trust. Um, mostly people will Google it or they'll um, see a link on social media and they'll follow that through to something. But you need to be able to link from that um, tweet through to the bit of data that you want. So it's easy to show a chart, but we always want to be able to back that up with the data that supports it. So ideally, you want to be able to link through to a subset of a data set or a, a particular view. 
So we need to do things differently so that we can support search engines, we can support social media, we can um, support these different ways of getting through the data. So you need URLs for smaller things as part of the, of the practicality of that. And also, if you're linking deeply into your data, um, you need to bear in mind that people are going to land somewhere in the middle of your data set and you need to provide them with the context from there to be able to understand what it means. You might have a fancy landing page for your, for your website, but people may never see that because they're going straight from Google into the data behind some particular bit of chart. Then on the understand side of it, I mean, I know that we're, none of us are really talking about anything except the coronavirus, but it's a really good example in this case. And more than ever, people are looking at charts and numbers online and trying to understand what it means. So you know, we're now in a case where the, um, the chief medical officer and the chief scientific officer are, are household names. And six months ago, no one would have been able to tell you who the chief medical officer is, but we now see him on the telly three times a week. So people are needing that access to, to good data and also the, um, the context of it, the, the analysis behind it. So the kind of things that people are, are wanting to do is, is you get to some data, is it the right data for your problem? We see a chart that shows number of cases of COVID, but everyone's been thinking about, well, what does that mean? How are things, how are people being tested? How does what the testing in the UK happens? How is that comparing to how, what's happening in other countries? So can we compare these two things together? And these kind of questions are really typical of the data analysis that goes on all the time in, in a, I guess, less urgent um, issues, but but also very important issues. And so it's always that case of you, you get some data, you want to know what it means, how that data was collected, what the limitations of it are. Is it the right data for my problem? And all our user research comes back to this all the time that people say, well, you know, I've got these 100 data sets I can choose from. They're all about international trade, but, but, but it seems to be measured differently. And, and where does the data come from? And, and can I use it like this? And so people want to explore it from different angles. So one of the things that we need to do, and we've been doing a lot of work on, is how do you connect, how do you connect the numbers through to, if you like, the, the provenance of the data, the, the explanation of, of where it came from and how it was processed. And ultimately, <clears throat> we want to pass that data through to let people make decisions. And those decisions are very wide ranging on the kind of, kinds of things they might be. But again, the, the COVID stuff is, gives you some really striking examples of that. The government are, are sat there, not themselves data experts, but are having to make immensely important decisions. So are they going to relax their lockdown or, or not? Are the measures they're taking working? Are there unexpected consequences of the actions that have been taken that people hadn't thought of that might be um, things that need to be avoided? So people like that need to have um, summary information um, presented to them clearly. And there's an army of, um, of analysts and scientists and journalists and communicators that are trying to work with the, the, the raw data, if you like, or, and put that into, into data models, into analysis, into visualizations that feed through to enable people to, to make decisions. And so sometimes that's the prime minister making a decision. Sometimes it's uh, just a, an ordinary member of the public making a, a decision. But nonetheless, you, you need to be able to communicate that. And there is that group of people that we kind of um, somewhat geekily refer to as, as data intermediaries that are trying to process the data to, to lead to that. 
And what they need is data that's easy to use in software. And I think that's been one of the, um, the kind of key changes that we're trying to, to push through is that till now a lot of statistics public publication has been aimed at um, at someone reading it and trying to understand it, which of course is, is important, but we want people to be able to reuse that data in, in other contexts. And that means running it in their software, combining their bit of data with some other bit of data to try and analyze how things relate to each other. So that um, interoperability and machine readability is a, is a key change of the things that we're trying to do. Probably quite a few of the audience have come across the so-called FAIR principles, that's F-A-I-R for findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. So it's something that came out of the, the scientific community a few years ago. And that's very much the kind of thing that, that we're trying to support for government stats. And to do that in the context of, of web architecture. So a lot of it comes down to standards. When you're trying to process your data in a bit of software, you need to have a very high degree of predictability of what it is that you're going to get and, and standards are behind that. So what we're doing is a mix of, of established standards that have come through um, international standardization organizations, W3C is the, uh, the key one there, and also establishing and sticking to some conventions that are relevant to UK government statistics and, and that community in particular. So the good thing for us is that stats generally follow a, a pretty consistent data model. You've got individual records or events that are somehow aggregated into to bins, if you like. And then you have a value that relates to some aggregated measure of all of the things in that bin, whether that's the, you know, the number of people in a particular place in a particular age group or the value of the amount of trade or the life expectancy or whatever. And these things fit quite neatly into a, a structure that, that's called a, a data cube, um, kind of cube because it, it's more than a table. It can often have lots of different um, statistical dimensions. And so there's a, a good set of standards around that that we've been able to pick up. In the statistical, statistical community, there was a, a thing called SDMX. It's been around for a few years. And then there was a, a web-specific implementation of that called the RDF data cube vocabulary, which is one of the things that we're using to underlie the data. And in practice, we know that people like working with data in tables and CSV is a, a kind of you know, really common and easy to understand format. And so we're using CSV at the heart of our, our work as a, an interchange format. But one of the limitations of CSV is that you don't always get all the detail that you need to, to interpret it. So we've been looking at um, a standard that came through the W3C a few years ago um, with a lot of involvement from the ODI's Jenny Tennyson um, called CSV on the web. And that's a way of attaching a bunch of machine readable metadata to your CSV file that explains exactly what it means. So there's other standards that we're looking at too. For example, for metadata, there's a thing called DCAT or DCAT2 now. Um, but in general, where there are good existing standards, we're picking those up and applying them. And with that view of, um, of exploiting the strengths of the web. But one of the things that I think, aside the technology that we're trying to help push through with lots of collaboration across government, is a kind of culture change, a change in the way of thinking. Because you can have some standards, but you need to have different people applying them in a consistent way. So. Um, we talk about harmonization, which is often about getting different people to 
use the same identifier for the same thing or your same list of, of codes. And it's a key part of, of interoperability. The, the I bit of the FAIR principles is a really important one. And that's hard because you have to get people in different organizations to agree with each other. And that's, that's always difficult. Um, even if they're willing, it's often a practical difficulty for people to know what the right standard thing to, to use is in, in different contexts. So that's one of the things that we're doing a lot of work on to try to produce tooling and information and awareness to, to promote more of that harmonization. And to kind of provide, if you like, blueprints um, and things that people can use to, to help them get started. Because generally, people understand the problem and are very enthusiastic to support it, but they don't always know where to start or they don't want to have to reinvent the wheel themselves to, to get going. So the thing that we're trying to deliver is, a, a, if you like, a robust data layer that can support access to stats in a range of different ways because there's no one solution that's going to suit everyone. Different people have different interests. They have different things they want to do with it. But we want to have a, a common standards-based layer that can support all kinds of different ways of, of accessing the data. And that should have um, should be authoritative. People should be able to see that that is coming from the, the bit of government that's responsible for that section of, of data gathering or policy or whatever, and you can see the 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 processes that were gone through to ensure quality and trustworthiness of that data. So that's a shift in mindset, and we hope that the COGS project can be a catalyst for that, that change, but it's going to need a lot of people working together to, to do it. And <clears throat> it's getting people to think about, you want to make your data as usable as possible by a wide range of people. Um, think about aligning with what others are doing so we get away from every department doing their own separate thing. So the, <clears throat> what we're doing now is we're, well, Swirl itself is working away on, on these tools together with the, the ONS team, but the COGS project as a whole is, is working with um, statisticians and analysts across the UK public sector. So that's central government, it's also NHS, devolved government. Uh, we're working with people on the, uh, on the RAP process, the reproducible analytical pipelines on harmonization, with the government digital service, looking at cross-government architecture. So we have a wide range of, of interests and things are all kind of um, part of this, this program to try and define what that better data ecosystem is going to look like and help everyone to, to work towards that goal. Um, so I'll just hand back to Darren for a quick wrap-up of, of where we are and what's next, and then uh, we'll be open for questions. So over to you, Darren. Great. Thanks, Bill. Uh, yeah, so... The, the COGS project, as, as Bill has said, we're doing a lot of things. This isn't just conceptual stuff that we've tried to do. Uh, we're actually well established now. We have a platform. We have somewhere in the close to 200 data sets from different departments and devolved administrations, uh, equally and probably somewhere in the close to 50 million observations that are all in this semantically correct uh, method of uh, uh, this RDF layer that Bill mentioned earlier on. And that kind of the relationships, the links, the triples that they're called, that, that, that links all and connects all this data together, we're somewhere close to half a billion of those things. Now, in reality, 
it's more like 40 billion observations that are going to be needed to join this statistical kind of um, uh, landscape together and some trillions and trillions of triples that are going to connect all this stuff together to make it a useful platform that we can work on. So that's really our next uh, our next bed. So we've, we've created a platform. We have a data explorer. We're building APIs on top of it. We're onboarding more data. So our next, um, what we've got is trade, migration, uh, some home uh, affordable housing stats, a few others. Our next port of call really is to onboard more of those. So areas like homelessness, uh, COVID-19, some of the statistics that are being produced around that. Uh, in addition to those, climate change and some of the uh, some thin slicing experiments around those and a various bunch of other things. We want to onboard as much data as we can over the next uh, 12 months. Uh, we want to expand our teams to be able to cope with that and accelerate our timetable for building more and more of these statistics in a more structured fashion so that they're web-ready and digital um, you know, in a digital space, and we can make use of those those statistics more important, um, more effectively as we go forward. Uh, you know, it, it does take, as, as Bill mentioned, a community. It's not just a matter of one single project team and a commercial partner. It is a community across the whole uh, the whole of the UK, not just devolved administrations or departments, whether it's central government or NHS, but actually charities, academics, uh, other teams. You know, people who are doing this stuff. It's just rocket science. We're just trying to make it happen. Happen. So we, we are aware of the monster ambition that we have for this thing. We're, we are aware of the monstrous um, uh, uh, barriers and obstacles that are in our way, but we want to make this happen. So hence the reason why we want to use platforms like this ODI Friday Talks to try to expand our, 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 uh, our user base, try to expand uh, awareness of, of this particular project as we go forward. We will need everyone's help to make this a really, truly valuable asset as we go into the, into the next few years. So thank you very much for, for listening to, to Bill and I. Uh, hopefully that um, you give us some, uh, a taster at least about what we want to do with COGS. Uh, it's certainly not the end of it, and it's certainly we have lots more. So if anyone's got any questions, obviously we're happy to take them now over the next 10 or 15 minutes, uh, or additionally just get in touch with, uh, with Bill and I, and we're more than happy to, to talk you through in more detail. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Bill and Darren, for your very interesting presentation. It's a very interesting project. Um, I don't really see any questions right now in the chat. Um, I was wondering if there is anyone uh, in our audience that would like to ask a question, if there is any spontaneous question. Um, otherwise, we do invite you to get in touch with um, Darren and Bill, who will be very happy to answer to any of your questions. Any spontaneous one? Uh, so we have one from Hannah. Hannah, would you like to unmute yourself and ask a question? Yeah, hiya. Um, hi. My sort of main question was around the publishing of the data in the first place and what the main barriers are around organisations actually publishing data with the right structure and standards? Mm. I guess it's uh, it's a legacy thing. I guess you know, we've we've evolved these statistical outputs uh, from individual departments for many many years. I mean, I was involved in in some of the first statistical publications that we put out onto the uh, onto the web back sort of, um, you know, in the kind of late 90s, I guess. And we're always uh, focusing on trying to keep those those products almost like the old publications that we had. So almost electronic copies of the booklets that were produced. And I mean, we've, we've all got our own 
um, uh, barriers in terms of indi individual departments, whether that be uh, pressures on us because we don't have enough staff to really kind of consider how can we make these outputs better, but also the kind of you know the fast moving way the technology kicks in and and sometimes you know in government we're a little bit behind the fold in in terms of some of the skills and things that we and the tools that we need, but also the ability to be able to put these these numbers out and generate them for nine thirty, which is part of the code of practice uh, that we have data out at the same time every day and a lot of the the efforts are pouring towards getting that done that that's the main bread and butter of departmental uh, efforts there so i mean we we do there are a lot of initiatives across government that are trying to help sort these things out, but you know, in, in isolation, they still don't bring this thing together across the piece. And I think that's probably the main barrier. So a lot of a lot of sort of building of skills and capabilities within departments, a lot of awareness raising about what we can do and what tools are out there to help support that. A lot of evidence, I guess, as well, in terms of actually what what are the benefits of having all this data together? Because you know, we don't have people shouting and screaming for this stuff necessarily. Or, or there are small pockets of it. So we need to make that easier for people to interact with, to really lever out all the, the benefits that we can get. I think once we start doing that, there'll be a bigger appreciation uh, within departments that we need to do something different. We need to do something better in order to release some of the, 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 the knowledge assets that we have. Thank you. Um, I think we have another question um, from Dan. Dan, would you like to read your question or should I read it for you? Yeah, I'll read it. Um, hi, yeah, um, I was wondering if you are also going to be cataloguing the uses and kind of augmentation of the COGS data that you're publishing by other public sector organisations. So just to clarify, are we talking about um, sort of understanding where the data is being used uh, with, with other producers or, others, or other users of data? Uh, well, so you've got quite a sort of narrow set of of uh, of data uh, categories and organisations that are creating it in the first instance. But obviously, part of what you want to do is make that data as valuable as possible to other bits of government and outside government. And so, how are you going to be? How are you kind of planning to go about capturing those uses of the data and publishing of the data and adding other data to it? And that you know, sort of fostering that sort of universe of data, but also mm -hmm. keeping it manageable and understandable and abiding by the principles that you're, about, that you're applying into the COGS project. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant question. I mean, um, it's so difficult to be able to trace and track how data is used across different uh, domains. So obviously, there's a lot of uh, internal government use of data. So there'll be lots of analysis going on that is used to support policy and decision making within government. And obviously, there'll be other th other tools that uh, community organisations and charities will be using the data for that we don't always get to see, I guess. And it's, you know, it is a difficult position to be able to try and track how that data is being used. More importantly, how we might be able to um, include that in future um, releases on top of this kind of data. Right? I mean, we do have a managed uh, release calendar of statistics, so anything new that needs to come out as part of the code of practice within government statistics has to go 
through a release calendar be um, uh, notified in advance so people will be aware of that. So that's a kind of managed approach of how we do that. Um, you know, we could we could tackle the, some things like uh, maybe providing areas where we can have galleries of, 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 of tools and things that have been developed where we can expose um, some of the insights that people have, uh, have built through maybe using things like RShiny or Tableau or or Power BI and be able to just to provide the code behind that so people can see how that's been built, how it might be used. And it's going to be a difficult one. It, it, it is. I mean, we, we haven't got that capability at the moment. And I think perhaps that's one of the one of the um, the challenges that we'll face in the future as we use this data in a more in a more kind of um, machine and, and web ready way that we might be able to track and trace some of that stuff and be able to link to it uh, because that's all that's all about. I mean, we want linked data. We want this data to work on the web, and the more we can build that stuff in that's being used and utilized outside, the better. But it's it's going to be hard, and we haven't really got a solution for that. Bill, I don't know if you've got anything to, to add to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good point. It's always hard in the uh, in the open data world to to measure the use of data because people can do what they like and they don't have to tell you about it. So I think it's a lot. Of it's going to be a community building thing. Really, it, you need to you know, make people want to share the good things that they've done. Um, and I think the a lot of the if you like, the attitude in, in the world of, of open data users is very positive for that. So people are happy to talk about stuff, to put their code on GitHub for other people to, to use and adapt. So I think we want to, to encourage that and start building kind of showcases. I think what we can will always be a challenge is to try and be comprehensive with that because you'll, you'll never capture everything. But I think we want to definitely start gathering evidence because... Um, people then always get to the point where they say, well, we spent all this money on this. What's what's it for? Who's using it? And you want to have a good set of examples at that point to to demonstrate that it is having a positive impact. So I think it'll be a, yeah, ultimately community building, encouraging people to share and, and gathering evidence on that. Perfect. I think we have um, another question from um, a listener, which is from a pronunciation. Would you like to read it or should I read it for you? Yeah, I could read it myself. Thank you. Yeah, um, it's actually about um, the concept of governments just publishing open data when, um, just because it's a new norm, and you go to the open data website and you just find about five observations for mm -hmm. like some important information how do you deal with stuff like that yeah i mean there is you could argue that there are a lot of data just being released because we've always done it and maybe nobody's actually using that data or that there's not really much value behind it i guess part of the work that we want to do is i i suppose having data in spreadsheets um just published here there and everywhere on the internet kind of masks some of those problems and we're still releasing that data like you say it's not really adding any value so how do we make sure that the data we are putting out is a value, is going to be used and actually add some impact and some insights along the way. I guess the thing with COGS, if we start to provide an integrated kind of data repository for all these statistics, uh, we should then start seeing how people are using that information. And it might just be a case that some of this data could actually be very valuable, but it's just not particularly discoverable. So people are not coming across it and therefore not being able to augment their 
research or their analysis with that kind of with those five numbers or it could be the five numbers are used by very very important players like the bank of england or the treasury so they're still well needed in the open data space and obviously transparency is important anyway so i think that while we while we recognize there probably are statistics out there that's been done for the last 20 years that don't have much value uh, maybe things like the COGS project, where we integrate that data, bring it together, show um, how data is being used, that might expose actually where we may find data that isn't particularly useful. It might also identify gaps in where data could be useful that we could turn our attentions onto and uh, looking at better ways of providing that those statistics rather than some of the ones that we're doing. So I think it's going to be a learning uh, piece for us within the, the the producer communities who are producing these stats. I mean, also, if it's, if it's just something with five five observations in France, I know that's a pretty extreme example. I mean, we probably wouldn't even bother with um, the expense of trying to create that in in the using the principles and the standards and the structure that Bill kind of outlined earlier on. So there's a there's a kind of balance between you know what's beneficial of creating in this way, uh, but also making sure that you know we don't just you know continue to release these things in a spreadsheet because we didn't we internally didn't think they were particularly valuable. So we need to make sure we're we're working with the right communities, understanding their needs. Are these data valuable? Are they not valuable? Do the right consultations before we decide to take those off and, and, and perhaps not do them. Yeah, I think in this project we're starting from quite a good place because perhaps in the say the early days of data.gov.uk, I think some departments just threw a lot of stuff out there just so that they could show that they had some open data sets. But with COGS, we're dealing with official statistics and national statistics. So those are areas of of the of society that government has decided are worth systematically gathering information on. So usually we're talking about things that um, that have been judged to to be significantly useful to people. So yeah, of course you've got to, some are more used than others, but I think overall we're we're not going to be dealing with we're not going to have a problem with dealing with rubbish. We're going to have a problem of having too much good stuff to deal with. I think. Great, thank you. I believe that um, Dan has another question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just wondering what your best sort of single piece of advice is for public sector organisations that are kind of at the beginning of their journey of trying to take a more kind of integrated and systematic mm. approach to their collection and use and publishing yep. of, of data, but obviously are not of the, on the scale that they can work directly with you. I mean, well, the best piece of advice with, with a little bit of uh, tug-in-cheek is obviously get in contact with us and uh, work with COGS, right? Because we'll we'll help you do that. I mean, but in, on a more practical sense, um, I run um, the Government Statistical Services Open Data Subgroup, which which tries to, to work with lots of different uh, government departments and public sector organisations to give best practice and best and, and advice, really, on doing this. And, and the best advice we can do is really keep things simple. I mean, don't try and reinvent the wheel yourself. There's lots of organizations, there are lots of advocates within government that can help people uh, come up to a certain standard, if you like. I mean, there are great tools that the ODI produce, like CSV Lint, to try and validate CSV outputs. Yeah. And there's various other tools and things that we've used from, from those and other, and other community uh, advocates like the Open Knowledge Foundation and so on. So, I mean, keep it simple. Try to you know, uh, create 
information that's available in non-proprietary software. Try to keep metadata uh, at the heart of this. So don't forget that metadata is important because it helps people understand stuff and be able to define what they're looking at. Uh, and just keep the simple principles that are, you know, make sure that you're not just producing data that is then not updated. That's one of the key things. Um, you know, have the data in non-proprietary software, have the right metadata to help people understand what the data is about, who they can contact, um, and things like this, and give you know give advance notice. So, it, it just keeping it simple is one thing. And obviously, the, it's a lot. A lot of the problems that we're facing with Cogs and getting the data into this kind of five-star linked open data format is that we've got to take all this presentational heavy data um, from these spreadsheets and unpick all that stuff to really get to the valuable stuff behind it. So, if you don't worry about the presentational heavy stuff, if you just worry about getting the data out in an organized fashion using simple mechanisms like CSV um, uh, that don't require you to build or rebuild systems within internally within your departments, you're on, a, you're on to a winner from the start there. And like I said, don't just do it in isolation. It's better. You know, a lot of these tools are out there. There's a lot of thought already going into these areas. You know, pick up the phone, speak to other departments. There's always someone in, in a department somewhere who's an advocate for open data yeah. that will help buddy and, and work that stuff out. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'd agree with all that. I'd just add, um, also think about um, the kind of idea of, of registers and reference data. So that's always a really important thing to start. If you're Department of Education, you should be having a definitive list of schools that everyone can easily get to, and each school should have a, a well-known identifier that people can find. So think about what, what are the stuff that your data is about and how are you kind of managing um, the sharing a kind of clearly defined lists of stuff. That's always a, an important part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we found that's important around that is having people who are responsible for a data set. So, you know, so you're trying to reduce kind of orphans and, um, and sets of data that no one really knows quite where they came from or who's looking after them anymore. But there's lots of good advice out there. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're coming across these things, please get in touch with me and I'll, I'll quite happily um, talk through some of the options and some of the good practice that we've come across. Okay, thank you. We have a few more questions. Um, Sam, would you like to read yours? Cool. I can thank read you. I think mine's probably self-explanatory. I really enjoyed the talk. Thank you very much for giving it. Um, it was just if after this we could share any links, but I see that um, Bill has already put a link on as a good place to start. So I, I think that's me covered. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different things, but that's a, a kind of summary of the project as a whole. And there's some links off from that to, to other things. So, um, and yeah, of course... If you're looking at that stuff, if it come, generates other questions, then do just get in touch with, with Darren or, or me or whoever in the project and we'll, we'll be glad to point you to more specific things. Lovely. Thank you very much. Perfect. We have one more. Uh, Sireli, would you like to read yours? Oh, I can yeah, sure. Um, yeah, can you um, share any strategies or approaches that have worked well for you? Uh, for breaking down into agency silos and resistance to data sharing or making data more open? Uh, persistence. Uh, that's the key. Um, now, I mean, what we've tried to do 
like like any battle you have to fight, I mean, there's always pressures on different government departments. I think I mentioned it in the talk. They have their pressures on being able to produce these numbers. They may have ministerial pressures on them to about what, what they release and so on. Um, so it's all about trying to provide that evidence of what are the benefits of doing this thing. Now, sometimes those benefits have to be, you know, what are the things you can avoid costs on, for instance, you know, not building your own website or not having to pay for a third-party commercial company to to rebuild your infrastructure, for instance. Or there could be benefits of, you know, um, a, a lower number of FOI requests coming through. So there's, there's lots of different avenues and things you can take to help provide that advice to people to say, you know, why is this a good thing about doing it? What are we going to gain? What are we going to uh, realize from coming together and working together on these things? So I think a very much a, a coming to people. That I think lots of people are really willing to do this within, inter- particularly internally uh, within government. They, they, this is not rocket science, as I mentioned before. It's just, it's just good data management and good data practice uh, that we just haven't applied. And it really needs someone to sort of start kicking the tire on these things to make it happen. So yeah, talk about the evidence, talk about the you know, the benefits of open data. You know, again, don't be shy about mentioning risks because there are risks about doing some of these things too. So don't shy away from some of the, the bad things that are out there. Like, you know, can we make sure that bringing this together, this data together doesn't have a, an impact on private uh, private informational confidentiality? Um, you know, because there are, there are concerns out there about those sorts of things as well. But definitely providing the evidence and and talking to people about what they what they feel the barriers are around doing some of these things because sometimes the barriers are nonsensical uh, and they're just not true but people haven't had the the, the capabilities or they haven't had the time uh, to invest in looking into the best ways of doing some of these things the other thing worth adding there is that um often if an agency shares its data openly actually that agency itself is often one of the biggest beneficiaries because any organization that's got more than about 100 people, nobody can find anything. And publishing it openly is often a really useful service for the, the staff of that organization itself because it's an actual thing. You think, well, we're going to spend this money on, on producing and disseminating this data, but if other people are going to get the benefit, then, then why should we bother, um, which is a kind of a natural way of, of thinking. Yeah. Um, but often that organization itself really is a big user of its own data and gains quite a lot from from that kind of the thinking that goes into to an open data dissemination of easy to find, easy to understand, that, that helps the owners of the data too. So that's often enough justification in itself for them to, to do it. Yeah, just to add to one last final point on that as well, I think there's, there's, there's always this kind of misconception about what open data is and what it actually means. I mean, I, I've had so many conversations with people around, you know, I have to go to five-star open data rated uh, outputs or, you know, I have to create these APIs. I mean, that's just not true. I mean, to create, you know, well-organized uh, open data, it just requires you to, to think about more of like CSV outputs and things and, and what's the right metadata to wrap around these things. These are things that are in our control. And so trying to break down some of the myths around what open data actually means and, um, you know, trying to build some of that maturity in the organization helps too. Thank you for answering all of these questions. Thank you. Um, do we have any other last minute question? Anything that comes to the mind of our audience? I think so. Well, thank you very much, Darren. Thank you very much for a very interesting presentation and answering to all of our questions. We really encourage you all to get in touch 
with them if you have any any other any further questions. And uh, we also would like to remind you that um, these are weekly appointments, so please uh, keep following us, and we hope to see many of you to our next Friday lunchtime lecture. Thank you very much, and um, have a nice end of the week, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Anne Louisa. Thanks, everybody, for coming along and listening. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.